Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Jeremiah Patterson Show. And this episode will be very exciting. One, because the new podcast that I was talking to you guys about, Your Spiritual Podcast, has dropped another episode. Make sure to listen to that. And two, because there is so much to get to right now. It has been a busy week, and I just did the script, so bear with me here. All right, let's jump right in. The Secretary of Education is Betsy DeVos. And you should know, fun fact here, I also learned this myself today during research, that more than 77 million children are enrolled in public schools currently right now. Wow, didn't know that. I'm telling you this because she was recently implicated in a college scandal, which forced, which forces, I should use presently because it's still taking place, unfortunately, which forces students to pay to pay fake colleges that scammed them. Well, just recently, a federal judge told her to knock it off and to end this right now and also find her for this intolerable mess. I recall watching Betsy DeVos's confirmation hearings, and in my opinion, she is not the best person for the job. My point is here, I guess my point is in my intriguing perspective is that education is essential to children. Of course, right? Babies want to learn how to read. People want to learn how to read. If a new book comes out, a child is going to want that new book if they're intrigued with reading instead of playing video games or uh, watching YouTube all day. But I guess my perspective on this is that, in my opinion is on this, is that Betsy DeVos is not the, is not the best person for the job. I mean, if you're going to be involved and implicated in detrimental scandals like this, then I do not I do not think that you should be Secretary of Education. There are so much kids that look forward to going to school every day and that anticipate that the weekends go by so they can just get back to school. But of course, all of us need breaks at some time as well. But kids who are intrigued with reading and who are intrigued with philosophical who are and who are intrigued with philosophical knowledge and just keeping up and understanding hypothetical versus theoretical and understanding j- just kids who are very studious and persistent in their work and they and they 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 are very self-disciplined and they 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 know how to sort of guide their minds through the the crazy world of education they know how to guide their minds through this and understand education. And so to have Betsy DeVos as Secretary of Education, many people don't like her. And her confirmation hearings were very controversial. I remember watching lots of videos about that on YouTube. And her you could just tell that it was just bipartisan. I mean, Republicans, some Republicans did not like her. Some Democrats don't like her. They were attacking her. They were saying, why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? And she she just wasn't a very well-liked person for the job. The thing is, under President Donald Trump's administration, Betsy DeVos has been the only secretary of education under, Betsy De- under President Trump's administration. There's been no other secretary of education. Betsy DeVos is the Secretary of Education and has been since she was nominated in 2017, I believe. I mean, you think the Education Department is a department that they take more seriously 
education is something that we need to go on to the future. Whether if you're going to be a mathematician, a president, an, an author, or a, a musician, education is essential. It's essential that we know that one plus one equals two. It's essential that we know that three times five equals 15. It's essential that we know these such things about the American Revolution and other things and all these intriguing things that become philosophical and they fill our minds. It's intriguing and it's interesting and it's essential that we learn these things. Education is vital. It's vital that we are intelligent young adults and eventually become intelligent and stay that way. The thing is about education, we inevitably become intelligent because our great teachers and all the great staff that work at schools, they make sure that we become intelligent. They make sure that we maintain our education and not just learn one thing, forget it, and learn another thing and forget it and just keep going on. I mean, education is something that I'm serious for. Serious, serious for. I take my education very seriously, and I would assume that other students do as well. I honestly think that we should have someone else as education secretary. Someone that treats education like it is essential. Because we aren't being educated and we aren't being taught right from wrong and what really happened in history and what one plus one really is. If we aren't being taught that, then when we grow up, we're not going to be as intelligent as our superiors. We are inevitably challenging ourselves to be the best of the best by going to school every day. Many kids look forward to going to school and getting that A on that test. Many kids look forward to that because education is essential to them. They take their education seriously. They go home every day and they, that, that's the kid that studies for an hour instead of gets on his phone for an hour, his or her phone for an hour, or plays a video game for an hour, watches or scrolls to social media for an hour, or watches YouTube for an hour. That's the kid that's studious. Because that's the kid that takes his education seriously. And that's the kid that looks up to Betsy DeVos as Secretary of Education. And that's the kid that says, come on, we can do better. We need a Secretary of Education that's going to take, take our education seriously. And that's going to ensure that we, are, are, that we are continuing to observe this information and intrinsically continue to learn it. Betsy DeVos is the Secretary of Education, and at the end of the day, she still is the Secretary of Education. The question is, what will Betsy DeVos do? Will she continue to carry out these unscrupulous and uh, just intolerable actions that sort of demoralize students in a way? Or will she just stand up to this and in this terrible college scandal right now that these college students are being forced to pay for from these that they were getting scammed from these fake colleges. I mean it's sad. So my question is what will happen? What will she do? Our education is serious. We are depending on the Secretary of Education. The Secretary of Education overlooks the entire education department. In fact, as I said, quote, the Secretary of Education looks over 
more than 77 million students who are currently enrolled in public schools. Education is essential. And Secretary DeVos, if you're listening to this, please, something needs to be done. Our education is taken and should be taken more seriously. It's not a joke. So, yeah. Anyway, moving on to my next story. Uh, yesterday was the 56th anniversary of the Kennedy assassination. And if you go to my blog, you can read more about it. I'll make sure to leave the link in the description of this episode. So many people testified to Congress this weekend, the reference uh, to the president's July 25th call. And one of the things that Ambassador Gordon Sondland admitted that was that, quote, everyone was in the loop. So based on the evidence and confirmation, we can now say that everyone is implicated in the scandal. Ambassador Bill Taylor and George Kent also testified. The Washington Post says, quote, the account by Marie Yovanovitch depicts a career foreign service officer caught in a storm of unsubstained allegations pushed by the president's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, and a cast of former Ukrainian officials who viewed her as a threat to their financial and political interest. As I said before, there is a lot to get to, and despite this incredibly busy week, we still made it through. As the impeachment hearings were taking place this week, simultaneously, the Democratic debate took place as well, where 10 Democrats uh, stood on stage. The debate was hosted by MSNBC and the Washington Post. As I watched, as I watched the debate, I was stunned by I was stunned to see Tulsi Gabbard on the stage, being that she is one of the people that is continuously on Fox News, as Senator Kamala Harris uh, delineated uh, and said Wednesday, and her criticism of the Obama administration on various policies. Once again, that is Tulsi Gabbard. I mean, it has just been such a long week. But in the midst of this, you've got to admit, this is an amazing time to be alive. I mean, we as American citizens, we are witnessing these impeachment hearings taking place. And I, I don't think many people really know what's going on. I mean, it, it is an incredibly, it's an incredibly, it's an amazing time to be alive right now. Not many Americans live through impeachment hearings, but we are lucky enough to be alive to live through this impeachment hearing. When Nixon was being impeached, when, when, Water, when the Watergate scandal was going on, lots of those Americans who were alive, who had those newspapers of Nixon resigns, uh, this happened, Spiro Agnew resigns, those Americans who had those newspapers, they would call it the Watergate professionals and prosecutors who worked on that case who worked on the Watergate scandal, they recall it. And it was an incredibly time to be alive for them. And, and just looking back at that, wa that Washington Post article, that 17 Watergate officials who investigated Watergate, 17 Watergate prosecutors who investigated Watergate, they think that President Trump should be impeached. In the real world, you shoot, in the United States, you shoot someone, they die, you go to jail. I mean, in the, in the idea that the president joked about, oh, I can shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and no one will notice. For the president to joke about that, 
it's it's not funny. The president is an American citizen just like us. So if the president shoots someone, he goes to jail. But we're going to talk more about that tomorrow, and you'll find out more about what tomorrow is uh, coming up very soon. But yeah, busy week, crazy week. I want to read this uh, this this just paragraph from AJC.com. It says, quote, his role, we do not know if the whistleblower is a man or a woman. What do we what we do know is that on July 12th, excuse me, is that on August 12th, he or she let committee leaders in Congress know about the July 25th call. The person who is not employee of the White House said, quote, in the course of my official duties, I've received the information by multiple U.S. government officials that the President of the United States is using the power of his office to solicit foreign, excuse me, to solicit interference from a foreign country in the 2020 U.S. elections. This interference includes, among other things, pressuring a foreign country to investigate one of the President's main, main domestic political rivals. The president's personal lawyer, Mr. Rudy Giuliani, is a central figure in this effort. Attorney General Barr appears to be involved as well. The whistleblower also said that a copy of the contents also said that a copy of the contents of the phone call was not stored in the place such material is generally stored. The president's July 25th phone call, if you don't already know, it was placed on a top secret server. That's not where the call was supposed to go. That's not where the trend, that's not where the call is supposed to go. But despite that, the president spontaneously released the transcript of the call, which indicates that the president asked a foreign government, a foreign power, to investigate a domestic political rival, Joe Biden. And he asked them to find cynical and detrimental information on Joe Biden. And he pressured them. He asked them to, and he threatened to withhold military aid from Ukraine, a country that is continuously and in just just continuously being threatened and intimidated by Russia. He pressured President Zelensky to. To do, to do what needs to be done. To, he said, quote, to, can you do us a favor? If you read the transcript, there is indication that the president was clearly soliciting foreign interference. The same thing happened in 2016. I mean, that day was incredibly astonishing for most Americans. And what's even more astonishing is that the call took place on July 25th. Now, if you recall, that was a busy month. On July 24th, something else took place that was relevant to 2016. And that story's next. On July 24, 2019, Special Counsel Robert Mueller testified to Congress in reference to his investigation known as the Mueller Report. So he testified about the report and everything he had investigated. Well, a day after that, the president decided that it would be a good idea to ask Ukraine 
to find detrimental and cynical information on Joe Biden, his domestic political rival. On that same call, he threatened to withhold military aid from Ukraine. When you pull all of this together and comprehend the information, you get what's going on and what transpired on July 25th. We already know that Trump got Russia to interfere in the 2016 elections, and now he's trying to get Ukraine to do it. One of the things that George Washington was scared about was foreign countries interfering in our elections because we have just one of the because we had just defeated Great Britain simultaneously planning how our own government would operate. And it's sad that what transpired in 2016 is true. It's sad that it, it said it said excuse me it's it, it indicates and it indicates that at times power can be corrupt. The question is what are we going to do about it as a democracy? Will Congress do its constitutional duty and impeach the president? What will happen and what will Congress, excuse me, what will happen and what will history learn about this moment, this president, and this time in history? And out of all of the things, 14 minutes till midnight, Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. It is 14 minutes till midnight. I do not forget about you. It is 11.46 p.m. here on the East Coast. Uh, hello, everyone. This is our Thanksgiving coverage. Uh, JFK was assassinated 55 years ago today. John Fitzgerald Kennedy assassinated 55 years ago today. Him and his wife traveling to Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Downtown Dallas, Texas. Three shot. Three shots ring out, and President John Fitzgerald Kennedy was killed. I am proud to announce that tomorrow, my grandpa will be coming back on the show for an exclusive interview where he will cover, where we, excuse me, where we will cover a lot. The last time he was on the show, it was on that episode, it's called One-on-One one -on -one with My Grandpa, an exclusive interview. We did that a while back. And that was that was a good one. Uh, but he is on various times after that. Uh, but he's coming back on the show. So look forward to that. Uh, also, very soon, Dan Jones, an oceanographer, will be coming on the show to talk about the climate crisis, excuse me, climate crisis and a lot more as well. I'm definitely looking forward to that. And so much more exuberant things are coming up. So keep listening and stay tuned. Right here on Jeremiah Patterson Show. But why some say the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why 35 years ago fly the Atlantic? Why does Rice play Texas? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one we intend to win, and the others too. That was President John F. Kennedy 
delivering his famous We Choose to Go to the Moon speech. Inspiration from a friend or a loved one is cherished, but inspiration from the President of the United States is history. And some of the greatest speeches are from the best. But no matter your political preference, or where you live, or how you speak, and what you wear, just remember to always be you, and that no one can change that. The world we live in today, it can be so easy to be someone else with social media and so much TV shows. But we lose the image of being ourselves. People will perceive you negatively or positively. But it just depends on how you handle it. Well, thanks for listening. Don't forget to listen to your pod- to listen to your spiritual podcast. Also, don't forget to give us a five-star podcast, five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Check out my blog, which will be in the description of this episode. And make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, The Jeremiah Patterson Show. Have a great day, everyone. And remember to stay positive and inspired.